0: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm glad to be up here. It's uh, definitely a privilege. Um, with Pastor Will being on sabbatical, just um, he asked me um, a few months ago just to speak, and I thought it would definitely be an honor to to come up here and um, to give the message. So before I start, I kind of want to just um, share a little bit about, about myself. So um, um, I've been going here for about coming to this church about three years but my life journey of following Christ has been been a little bit longer. So, I was born here in Brooklyn, but I lived the majority of my life on the other side of the bridge over in Staten Island. And I was definitely blessed to be um, born to, born to God-fearing parents. Uh, um, I was first generation born Chinese American. My parents were born overseas, but over in um, Hong Kong where they grew up, they were actually exposed to, to the gospel. And then they, they, when they raised us, they kind of had that um, foundation. So I grew up my whole life at, at a church. Um, Sundays were fellowship and service. We also had youth groups on Fridays. Summer were retreats, kind of the whole nine yards. Um, but most of my life, the church was pretty much on Sundays and Fridays, and my faith was mainly just a community-type faith. Um, I worshiped God on Sundays and Fridays, but during the week, it was pretty much my normal activities, going to school, and then God, God really wasn't, wasn't there. I had a lot of head knowledge, but actually living it out wasn't, wasn't something that I, that I was doing. When I, when I was in junior high school, we had a youth retreat, and at the end of, end, end of the retreat, was, was an altar call. Typical, everyone bow, bow your head down, close, close your eyes. So, um, I peeked. I peeked, and then I saw some of my friends raise their hands. So I was like, hey, they raised their hand, why don't I, I raise my hand, too? So, so, I raised my hand. When I got back, a pastor kind of saw whoever raised their hand, and I was given a book and of how to become a Christian, and bam, I, w- I joined the club. And that was, that was pretty much it. The next day was pretty much any old day, end of summer, going back to school, and, then, and it, it wasn't, it didn't really translate from my head in, in, into my heart. Um, I, did all the, I did all the correct things, I taught Sunday school, led fellowship, served when, when, whenever I can, but it was just more within the community. It wasn't until, which I think was the most pivotal part of my, my life, was when I went to college. I didn't really have um, no, no big conversion moment or any activity, but at college it was a point in my time where I went away to school and then I had a decision to make. My family wasn't there anymore, nor was my church friends. I can, I can either sleep in on Sundays, go out on Fridays, or I can still continue to follow after God. So, uh, so, from some advice from one of my friends who graduated prior to, he told me to go get hooked up with a good fellowship. So that's, that's what I did, and that changed my life. Being part of a community where we had, um, throughout my years in college, of just being rooted and having those people with me and encouraging me as, as I went, and that is, was really what helped my, my walk. While I was there, I met a lot of other students, and some students had went the other way. They said, I'm not at home, no one's really asking me to go to church, and maybe God isn't here. Maybe God isn't here eight eight hours away where from from my church. So they, they, took, they, they took a different path. But one thing, just talking with them, that I, I always reiterated was that God is always there. God is always there, and then God sent, God had put people in your lives to put you where you need to be. And looking back, I just see where God has, um, where God has put me. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I loved growing up in the church and everything that I learned. Um, maybe I didn't realize it back then, but now I see it more. I understand it, and then I, I remember it. And that kind of leads me to what my message is about today. And today is, just uh, we're going to be speaking about Psalms 121. And in this passage was, it was a song that I remember grow, grow, growing up in the church, singing, and not really knowing the words, but it just was, you sang it so much, you kind of remember it. And many of these other worship songs, you just sing it so much, and you just remember it in your hearts. And later on, when you're kind of doing work or doing something, you start like humming a tune, and then the words kind of come back to you and kind of remind you who, who God is. So before we start, let me just open up in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Tell me God, how great is your name, and because of you we are here. And I pray, Lord, as as I give this message, Lord, that it may be your words and your spirit that flows out of me. That may we be able to understand who you are in our lives and how and how you continually help us and you are continually there for us. In Sunday we pray. Amen. So before we begin, I kind of want to jump towards the end. At the end of, of, of this, it's, we, we kind of sang it, it um, the verse. It's one simple verse. It's 10 words that it's easy to remember for kids and, and adults. So in Romans 8:31, Paul writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? So those ten words is pretty much what sums up everything. And in, and in this morning we 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 sang um, we, we sang the long, um the song "Battle Belongs." And the, and that phrase, I don't know if you guys noticed, that phrase is, is also in that song. If God is for us, if He is for us, who who can be against us? And this passage is kind of. It, it kind of puts all that in, in in perspective. What what does it mean for God to be for us, and n- nothing nothing that can be against us? So, looking at Psalms one twenty one, um, this psalm is a psalm that is more of a song, but it's more of a dialogue, a dialogue between be, between two people singing, which we, which you kind of see see that in in many other psalms. So. I thought as we read it, since, it's, since um, everyone's here with us and people who are um, at home, you guys can join me in, in reading it. So we're going to have it up, up on the screen and also on the monitors. So when we read it, I want you guys to read the first verse, and I'll respond back to you guys with, with the second verse. And you kind of see how this, how this song is about, is about confession and assurance, about who God is. So the first verse over there uh, why don't you guys start with the first verse with I lift my eyes up. Well, my help comes from the Lord the maker of the heaven and the earth. Indeed he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So, let's give a little bit of backstory of kind of where this, where this song comes from. Back in the day, while Israelites were in Exodus, in, in, in the book of Exodus, while they were in, ex- in exile, um, not exile, but while they, they were in Exodus leaving Egypt, the Lord gave Moses a bunch of commandments for, for, the, for the people to follow. Um, I'm going to read a short passage. I have it up there on Exodus 23:14 to 17. Three times a year you should keep a feast for me. You shall keep a feast of the unleavened bread as I command you. You shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abed. And in it you will come out of, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty handed. You shall keep the feast of the harvest Of the first fruit of your labor, of whatever you sow in the field, you shall keep the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in from the field of the fruit of the labor. Three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord God. So over here, God talks about three feasts. The feast of the unleavened bread, the feast of the harvest, and the feast of the ingathering, which he commanded Israelites to continue every year. So these three feasts actually still is practiced. Um, by um, it's, we know it by different names. The feast of the Leavened bread is known as Passover, which, which happens in Easter. You have the feast of the harvest, which, which this happened a few weeks ago, which is Shavuot, which is uh, the beginning of the of, of the harvest, and the feast of the ingathering, which is which is happening in typically happens around September. Sukkot. Which is where the the um, you see the Jewish community would build the um, like a like a tabernacle out, the, out outside the house as as a as a place to worship. So three times a year, God told them to go to these festivals to go back to, to go to Jerusalem to to celebrate. Why do you think God had these festivals? A lot of these festivals was for reminder. You all know all of us where where our short term memory is really bad. Just we always forget about about what God has done. So God had these festivals set up to remind them to, that God brought them out of Egypt. God provides for them from, from the beginning of the harvest to, to, the, to, the, to the end of the harvest for, for, for providing food. And while they got the commandments, they, they were in exile, eventually they settled in Israel and um, in Jerusalem, and people would make a pilgrimage from where they lived to use them three, three times a year. And as, as they went, at that time there was no streaming, no minivan with, with where you can watch Netflix in your car, um, no, no radio. So what they had there was that they would sing songs. And in the book of Psalms, you'll see right underneath the heading of 121, you'll see a little title that says, Song of Ascent. Between Psalms 120 to 134, these, this is essentially their songbook the songbook that the Israelites carried with them, and that they would sing these songs as they traveled, as they ascended to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was on top of a mountain. So as, as they traveled going towards Jerusalem, they would sing these songs as a sign of worship, the same way how we sing songs every, every Sunday here. Every Sunday, we, we, sing, we sing songs at the beginning of our service and at, at the end of the service, just to get our hearts right. And all these songs reaffirm and remind us who, who God is. So as they climb, as they, as they, they sing these songs, and, that it's, if, and that many songs remind them just of what God has done in the past. And we're going we're gonna to look at that a bit. So there's three points I kind of want to draw from, from, this, um, from this passage. The first one is from the first two verses saying, Our help comes from the Creator. The first verse, the psalmist writes, I lift my eyes up to the hill. Where does my help come from? So what is he looking at when, when, when he's looking up the hill? In, in those days, in, in Palestine, the Canaanites were in that land. They have over 40 gods. They had a god for every instance, like any other, um, uh, many of the, these other polytheistic religions. We, we read about some of the gods of, um, in the Bible. Um, Baal. Which, which comes up, and um, Dagon, which is like two gods that we, that, we, that we read about in the Old Testament. But during that time, all their gods, they would go on top of the hill and they would build their shrine. They, they, would, build, um, they would build groves and build um, temples or these, or these tall towers or poles, these azure poles. They would build them all, all over. So as these pilgrims are traveling to Jerusalem, They'll, they'll see up top on the hill all these, all these gods. So the, so the first pilgrim was asking, I look up to the hills, where does my help come from? And the, and the second pilgrim goes, my help comes from God, the maker of heaven and earth. So many times we look at all these other gods that, that are around us while, while in our journey of life, all these other things that may satisfy us. Living, living here in a city, instead of God's putting on top of mountains, we have these, all these tall buildings with, with all these names of all these companies of, of success, or these billboards. Even just coming here to church, you, 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 you walk by, you see all these car, car lots of all these brand new cars and is of things that where it, it pulls our hearts. But as the second pilgrim says, is that our help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. He is the one that made all these things, made all the nature around us with all these objects. And that chasing after some of these false idols will give us, will give us false hope. Last week, um, Pastor Edwin Colon spoke about trust and, and the idea of where, where do we put our trust? Do we, do we put our trust in things that, will, that we have to that eventually fade away or that it, it brings us no joy. And in those days, these, these Israelites are in a new land. They, they were just given this, this, land, this promised land that, that God had, that God had um, promised them. And that even though they saw so many things that God has all these battles that they have won, they still, they, they still have fallen behind. They still chase after chase all, all, the, all, all these things. But we've got to understand who God is, and that God is the one that, who wants us to be with Him. From, from that from the first verse that, um, that I shared before, of if God is for us, who, who, who can be against us? Having the Creator behind our back, how reassuring is that? How reassuring is that to, to know that wherever we go that God, who cares for us, who not only made heaven and earth, He's the one that, that cares for us. So that's the first point, is that our help comes from the Creator. And the second one is, is the next um, four verses, where the point is, our help is always with us. The way the psalmist writes the song, um, psalm is not, is, is not as, a, as a statement, but as a promise. When he says he will not let your foot be moved, not, he's not saying that if you follow God, your, your path will be all sunshine and roses. That nothing, that nothing will, will happen to you. you. You see, just with what um, the people in the Bible, majority of people, no one led a perfect, um, calm and, and smooth life. There was all these challenges. But then it's the idea that God is always with us and that no matter what challenges go, go that we have, that his presence is always there. Back when God gave them this, this commandment of having His festivals, they were, in, they were in the desert. God showed his presence to his people 24-7. During the day, there was, there was a pillar of cloud that, that led them, and at night, there was a pillar of fire. Imagine every day waking up in the morning and then you're in a vast desert where there's nothing there. And then there's this huge pillar of cloud that, that's just there guiding you. At night, that cloud turns to fire, giving you light. And when you go to sleep, that fire is still there. And when you wake up, it's, it's now a pillar of cloud. For 40 years, this pillar of cloud and fire was, was leading them. And, and the presence of God showing them that He is always there. And as travelers, for us, just navigating life, choosing God isn't gonna make everything better. It's like, coming, it's like coming, coming to church. I'm sure everyone wakes up Sunday morning without an alarm clock. Your kids wake up all quietly. They let you sleep in. You leave the house in an orderly fashion not forgetting anything, you go to the coffee shop, there's no lines, you're waiting for the bus, and then you're waiting for the subway to come here, and there's no delays, and there's parking right in front of church. That's how Sunday should be, right? We're coming, we're coming to worship God, that God should make everything nice and easy for us to go through, to, to get here. But there isn't. There's, it's, it's raining out, we forget our keys, we're getting wet, we, we forget diaper bags, we forget, we forget everything. But that's what life is. When we go to school, there's, there's times that we don't want to wake up to face work, uh, to face school, or even church or your family. But we're not by ourselves. The God that watches over us doesn't slumber. He's there 24-7, watching over us. And, he, and we are reminded from this. In Romans 8, Paul writes, in that, in that same passage where he tells, says, nothing else is against us. He writes, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor, th- nor things to come, nor power, nor height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are conquerors. We are these people that God loves and God wants us to to take on the world. And that God is not asking us to, to do this, to do this by, by ourselves, but he's doing it with us. And the, and the last point I want to bring up is that our help keeps us forever. The key word here is keep. In, in this passage, the psalmist use, uses the keep the word keep six times. Think about this, there's our life, and God holding on to our life and not letting go and making sure that nothing happens to us in, in, in a way that goes against his plan. When my, when my daughter was two, she had this ice cream cone where, she, for whatever reason, she, she loved it. It was, just, it was nothing special, it was just, a, just an ice cream cone. And then she held on to it for like her dear life. Wherever she went for the whole month, whether it was eating or playing she always held that cone it was to a point where i felt like her hand was going to be like permanently molded around around, around the cone whenever she whenever she didn't have it she would cry and then and if we have to go find it she'll she'll find it where everyone and she always held held on to it eventually she lost interest of it and then she let it go but for that period of time she always had it with her and she always kept she always needed it to to be with her this interesting god my daughter is that God does not lose interest. God continually has an interest in, 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 our, in our life. And that he has an interest in us, not that we, we, just, we just live life with his blessings, but that we live life with him. And that in, and in, verse, um, in verse eight, it sounds write, the Lord will keep you from your going out and your coming in. You're going out and you're coming in for these pilgrims where when they go out, to worship in festivals and, and when they come in. And lastly, I think that's just, the last part is always the most interesting part, from this time and forevermore. That all the times that are, that are in between and forevermore for because we know God is eternal, this whole time is when God, when God is watching over us. And that every time they go to these pilgrims, three times a year, they, they, they sing these songs to remind them Of who God is and that God watched them for the previous trip and God is going to watch them for the um, for for the next trip and everything else that happens beyond to kind of put everything in um, together of just of just this whole passage God understands and how does God understand God understands what we've been through in, 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 in our lives. God understands because God sent his son Jesus to walk the same path as us. In Hebrews 4.15, um, the writer writes, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize without weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Know that in our need, that God is for us. That God knows that our journey is treacherous. Jesus didn't, Jesus could have lived um, a really straightforward, smooth life, he was king. But once he was born, there was a death warrant that went after him. Then he started teaching and, his, and even his parents were telling him to. To to come back and and to to not preach. He was always being questioned, always with local leaders always trying trying to to pin him down. And and a disciple that, a friend that he made, his disciple, ended up betraying him. Which is something that we can all kind of experience that at times just being betrayed or being put into position of where of where we're we're being tested. But Jesus didn't leave us live a smooth life, a nice, easy life, but he lived a challenging life so he can understand, he can, he can understand and comfort us as, as, as times. And God, at, most, at all times, wants us to know that he is there. He's not just sitting there and with his hand apart just wanting us to live life. John Piper, um, this is a phrase that John, uh, preacher John Piper always says that always resonated with me. John Piper says God is most glorified in us when we are satisfied in Him. That God wants us to use Him, to draw close to Him, and to understand that He, that he, he loves us. And this passage, to me, was, was a great reminder of that. And, and that growing up, now I, now I realize just the fact of how much scripture and song means to remind us of, of who God is. All these songs that, that, that we sing shouldn't reside just solely in, in, the, in, the, in, this, in this building. Like even though it, it would be great if Josh can follow us every single day and just, just lead us in praise as we're on the subway and just kind of singing and just cheering us on, Unfortunately, Josh, are you up for that? Uh, I don't know that. <laughs> but it, but it'd be great. And then in, in Proverbs, in Proverbs, in Proverbs three, the um, um, Solomon writes, "My son, do not forget my teaching; let your heart keep my commandments, for the length of the days and for the years of life and peace they, they were add to you." So my encouragement for all of us is to continue to sing to continue to sing these songs and as, as we live life. Just, just repeating from like this morning, just repeating how great is our God. No matter whether the sun is shining or, or, or it's raining, whether you're going, going through something hard or you're going through celebration, is that we, could, we should be able to worship, sing how great is our God. and singing And singing these songs will remind us always of all those things that God has done for us. And how assuring it is to know that we're not in this journey by ourselves. That we have a group of believers of brothers and sisters for us to worship together. All right, let me I'll close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how great you are and how great that you can call us your own. That we know that you are for us that who can be against us, that we can stand through anything. And though times are tough, and that we go through so many different things that sometimes we think we are the only ones that know it. But we know that you have sent you have sent the Messiah. You have sent Jesus to, to walk through us. Continue to give us the Spirit so that we may sing. We may sing joyously through, through any storm, and that others may see that Our strength does not come from our own, but it comes from you. Sons, let me pray. Amen.